0: Today's show contains some adult language and a compelling conversation. So maybe hide the kids and enjoy the show. My goal is
1: to actually create a movement that will have a long-lasting effect long after I am gone. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide,
0: your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Welcome back, you Liberty Linguinis, to another episode of Lions of Liberty, your home for great conversations about the ideas of liberty, and we're sure going to have another one here today in this episode number 213. You can find the show notes featuring links to many of the things we discuss in the show over at lionsofliberty.com slash 213. Today's show is sponsored by Health Excellence Select, an incredible, free-market, affordable, legal alternative to your standard Obamacare corporatized insurance. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash health. My guest today is a candidate for the Libertarian Party's nomination for president, which will be decided next weekend at the Libertarian National Convention in Orlando. He is, of course, very well known for his work as a technology entrepreneur. He is making his second appearance on this program since announcing his run for president, but it's his first time doing so specifically as a Libertarian. I'm pleased to welcome back to the program Mr. John McAfee. John, are you ready to roar? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a resounding yes. <laughs> Welcome back, John. Thank you. Great to speak with you again. And, and like I mentioned, you know, last time we spoke a few months ago, you were running for president. You were doing so under the cyber party banner, but now you have found yourself in the Libertarian Party seeking their nomination. So why don't you just tell everybody how that went down? What prompted this move into the Libertarian Party? And why do you believe that your beliefs, at least somewhat closely, align with the beliefs espoused by Libertarians?
1: Well, I think I'm probably the most libertarian person that I know. I mean, I've always lived a libertarian life. The principles of libertarianism are our bodies and our minds belong to ourselves. And number two, we should not harm one another. Number three, we should not take each other's stuff. We shouldn't steal from each other. And number four, we should keep our word. If we say we're going to do something, if we promise to to pay you the money that we owe you, then we should do that. Those are the fundamental principles, and I have certainly lived my life uh, based on that. That my body and mind belong to me is the reason I've been in jail so many times. Until I was 38, I probably took more drugs than could fill your living room. I stopped after that, and so I smoked marijuana openly. I was arrested. Why? Because if we don't stand up for the things that we believe in, then we force our children and grandchildren to have to do it. didn't seem correct for me. So I've always been a libertarian. I started off in the cyber party because I am a cyber technologist uh, you know, of a fairly high order. The Libertarian Party, um, various people had contacted me asking if I would be interested in joining them. I finally got a call in last December from a gentleman in Las Vegas named Brett Pajunas. He said, please fly out and talk to me. I did. Our hearts were in the same place. Uh, we are certainly all libertarians in the Libertarian Party. So I joined.
0: That's really interesting. So it was actually members of the Libertarian Party that sought you out, not the other way around, because I- I've seen some talk of people saying, well, maybe John McAfee just you know th- saw the Libertarian Party as an easier route to get on ballots, and he's just using the LP for that. So um, you would just quickly dispel that by saying they're the ones that sought you out, not the other way around.
1: Right. And the reason I didn't seek them out is because At that time, and I think even currently, there is nothing on the Libertarian platform about (laughs) cybersecurity. It's my life work. But like Brett said, you know, in any exchange, both parties benefit. So what the Libertarian Party got uh, was someone who truly understood cybersecurity and could create a platform, which is what I'm in the process of doing for them now. So it makes total sense. You know, As I said, I've been a libertarian long before I ever heard the word libertarian.
0: Now, how did you first get to know Judd Weiss? Because you did announce him as your running mate. He's been around this liberty movement for quite some time, very well-known. Obviously, many people know him just for his amazing photography, but he's also really great philosophically and a really great guy. I know him out here in Los Angeles. So how did you end up partnering up with Judd Weiss, and, and why did you decide to ask him to run with you?
1: Well, I went to Judd's house for a fundraiser in Southern California Got to talking to him. And then Judd is one of the brightest people that I've ever met. And, um, you know, if there's one thing I believe in life it is that uh, with sufficient intelligence, anything can be accomplished. So uh, I asked him on the spot. He accepted.
0: Wow. So I didn't realize that because I know he made the announcement at that fundraiser. So you made that decision on the spot and, and he accepted right then and there, huh?
1: Yes, he did. Like I said, we spoke for maybe <laughs> 10 minutes. And that was enough for his brilliance to uh, shine through.
0: Yeah, and Judd has really put out some, I got to say, some fantastic videos for your campaign. And to me, the videos seem to focus not so much on why John McAfee is a great guy or a great candidate or anything like that, but more so on why we need to think differently about why people need to break out of their current molds. It's really much more of a broad message. Is that a concerted effort on the part of yourself and Judd Weiss to really try to grow a movement here more than just simply, you know, elect somebody president?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the thing that raises the shackles uh, uh, in me more than anything else is when people get up there and say, vote for me. Well, you know, why don't you not say those words and actually do something and act in a way that, that I can decide whether I want to vote for you. Uh, the man who says, vote for me, or look at me, or I'm here, generally is someone looking for power, looking for attention, and it's not what we want in our politics. I think my name only comes up at the very end, And only for a second or two, right next to Judd's. So no, my goal is not to promote myself. My life and my words here on your radio station, I think, are sufficient. My goal is to actually create a movement that will have a long-lasting effect long after I am gone.
0: Now, on your old campaign website back when you were with the Cyber Party, one thing that it mentioned there were massive public work programs as one of your key economic tenets. Now, I know a lot of libertarians might have seen that, and now they're thinking, well, what is that? That doesn't sound very libertarian to us. How would you address that kind of plank that you used to have? And, I mean, what would you say to people that think you're maybe just changing some of your language just to suit the fact that you're now running as a libertarian?
1: Well, the cyber party was live for about 45 days. I never even looked at the website. I'll be frank with you. I was out doing interviews and doing other things. Uh, the second thing is, uh, fewer than one half of 1% who visit political websites actually even go to the platform page. So, you know, I'm not making excuses, but you have to believe me if you've heard anything I have ever said or seen a single video or watched me on TV or read one of my many articles. That is certainly the last position I would hold.
0: So those were not your words at all. Then. Oh, they were not my
1: words at all. And good Lord, no, there was—we had a whole bunch of people doing a whole bunch of things, and you know, perhaps I was remiss and not looking at it. But again, listen to anything I've ever said—that's the last thing in the world that I want.
0: Uh, John, you also stated a few weeks ago that you would unequivocally—I don't know if you know, use that word specifically—but that you would not support Gary Johnson if he was chosen as the nominee of the Libertarian Party. Now, first of all, why did you make that statement, and do you still stand by it?
1: Well, I didn't say I would leave the party. Uh, In fact, if you you look at everything that we have done, we have done more than anyone to promote the libertarian ideals. We have done what the National Libertarian Party should have done. We have a a searchable database by state of all libertarian candidates, whether they're for sheriff or, or whatever, so that you can go in, search and support or do what you can for these people or at least be made aware of them. And if you go to bealibertarian.com, it doesn't say be a John McAfee. No, it says bealibertarian.com. I am all for helping the party. I will not support Gary Johnson for president. That does not mean that I will leave the party or I will not support the party.
0: What's the reason behind not supporting Gary Johnson then? Is there some kind of personal issue or is it part of his platform? I mean, what's the crux of the reason that you wouldn't support him specifically?
1: Is this a joke? I mean, okay, so now.
0: Well, I know. I mean, I have reasons that I don't really you know. And I know a lot of reasons people don't support him, but I want to know yours. I like
1: Gary, but he inspires apathy in people. I mean, what did Gary do after the last election? Was he around the party every day? Was he? No, no, he was all fishing and things. Not that that's the problem. It's just that do you believe that someone with the charisma and personality of Gary Johnson would survive? against people like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And that's number one. Number two is the following. The definition of insanity is trying the same thing again, expecting different results. Now, Gary had tremendous opportunity last year there, I mean, in, in 2012. There was dissatisfaction within both parties. I mean, I'm sorry, I would get behind Derek Michael Reed, even, who wants to execute people in front of school children. He's a libertarian, because <laughs> I do not know. I'm telling you, I don't know. Give him a shot, maybe. But we know what Gary can do. Please, we're not crazy people. So in any case, if he's nominated, I'll continue to work for the party nonstop. And I will continue the Vote Different initiative and everything I can possibly do. I will not get behind him for president. I do not like lost causes.
0: You know, and there's been a lot of talk in the last week or so because Gary Johnson, I guess, has come out with uh, a choice for his preference I guess obviously this is decided by the delegates themselves not by the candidates uh, just in the same situation as you with Judd Weiss the delegates would have to be the ones to choose the vice president but he has come out with this guy William Weld and there was all this talk that uh, potentially Coke money uh, you know the infamous Koch brothers would be injecting money to support this sort of platform now it's not confirmed whether there's any truth to that but you did come out and make a statement about how accepting that kind of money or getting an infusion of money from sort of a, an, a group of people like the Koch brothers, or David Koch in particular in this case, could it be a harmful thing? Whereas I see a lot of other people saying, well, finally, finally, we can get some mainstream coverage, some mainstream funding into this thing. So what would be your concern if it were true that you know somebody like David Koch were thinking about becoming a major backer of the Libertarian Party?
1: I think that would be the worst thing that could ever happen. We are revolutionaries, are we not? We are trying to fight against the political process of special interests. Now I was in business for a long time, and I've run dozens of highly successful companies. some of them made hundreds of millions, one of them sold for eight billion. I know what business is. And all of my competitors who had two, three or four massive customers, like uh, the Pentagon, the Department of State or what have you, one of two things happened. They died. Or they were absorbed by the hand that fed them. And companies like myself, which had tens of millions of customers, each of us paying small amounts, a couple of hundred bucks, we thrived. We were creative and we were beholden to no one. Do you think politics is different? We have to fight this out of the box. And if you think money is necessary for us to win, you have not read history. Nikolai Lenin did not have a penny to his name. And in 18 months, turned Russia upside down. And the same thing with Mahatma Gandhi. I mean, he had one robe and two pair of sandals and no money. And in 14 months, became the prime minister of India. No, this nonsense that we must follow other political parties' programs and processes in order to succeed is madness we cannot compromise our ideals in order to get votes. You don't need to do that to get votes. A revolution is exactly what it means, where people who believe that they think these things are of value, strong issues, I want public education, I want standard education, it's all bullshit. If you show them the reality of themselves and their relationship to the political system in which they live. So no, I'm not compromising. And if in fact there's that much money, God help us all.
0: If you became the nominee and you were approached by David Koch saying, John, I like a lot about what you're saying. I know you have issues with taking money from us, but I want to get behind this campaign. What would you say?
1: I would say go away. Who do you think you are? What are you trying to pull? What is your goal here? Uh, Seriously. I mean, McAfee Inc., which sold for almost $8 billion, I refused large government contracts because I knew the instant that I did that, I would have agents living in my offices advising me, urging me, asking me, And ultimately, telling me, I refused every single contract over $100,000, and I was offered by the Department of Defense a $250 million contract. I said, no, no, you can't live this way. In business, you can't do it. And certainly, in politics, if you have principles, values, and ideals, it can't be done. You know this. Your listeners know this. We are not stupid people. Please everyone. We have to win this out of the box.
0: When you say win this, John, are you referring to sort of a broader sense of a greater revolution? I mean, or are you speaking more towards winning the presidency? I mean, how would you define winning, I guess?
1: Winning the presidency by itself will bring us nothing. We have to win everything. We have to mobilize every libertarian in this nation and get them to understand the way we are doing it and have been doing it is nonsense and it cannot work. And all the money in the world could not possibly have anticipated a Donald Trump who got $2 billion worth of free advertising by being an asshole.
0: Now, John, I'm kind of immersed in a lot of the dialogue that's been going on. There's a lot of intense talk about this libertarian nomination. A lot of people are really passionate about it. And a lot of people do see, like you pointed out, we have Hillary Clinton. We have Donald Trump. A lot of people are seeing this as an opportunity for the Libertarian Party to really break through and gain mainstream attention. And I see a lot of people say things like, you know, "I, I really like John McAfee at the debates. I really like the things I hear John McAfee saying, but I'm worried about the kind of negative attention that he'll attract. You know, you have the incidents that happened in Belize, and you've put out a full article describing that. We don't need to go through it all today. I'll link to that in the show notes so people can read it for themselves. But how do you feel that some of the things in your past, whether it's being in Belize and that kind of thing, could actually help your campaign? Do you think you can actually use this stuff to your advantage?
1: I always use it to my advantage. Nothing in my life am I either ashamed of or will I shy away from. And there's nothing you can throw at me, which I have not thrown at myself first. It is my greatest advantage. And in Belize, to me and many people, and certainly the common people in Belize, I am a hero for standing up to the most corrupt government In the world, they wanted to assassinate me. I have audio tapes linked from that article, check them out, of them planning my assassination and which attempts should they use. They ruled out a sniper because that would be, oh, clearly a sniper. Kind of settled on, let's put something in his gas tank to blow up the car. It will then be investigated by the local police and swept under the rug. It was a corrupt government. I stood up. I did not run after that was said. I beefed up my security, and I continued my verbal attacks on the Belizean government. I've been in jail many times. Why? Because my body and mind belong to me, just like yours does to you. I smoked weed openly in front of police more times than I can count, and went to jail more times than I can count accordingly. Why? Why? Because if I didn't, my children and grandchildren would have to be the ones standing up. So I refuse to back down. So I don't know, is it a negative? Doesn't really matter. If we are having a revolution of thought, of ideals, of politics, of government, then please look at history and see those who overcame Nelson Mandela spent 40 years in prison for, quote, heinous crimes at that time. Well, he ended up being the ruler of South Africa. So please, it is your perspective. You are thinking about what might be, and you're letting that influence what is. The world doesn't work that way, my friend.
0: Well, John, I need to take a minute out to influence my listeners to look into an alternative to their standard health insurance. I've got a few more questions for you in just a moment, including a few from fans of the show. But first, I want to tell you guys out there a little bit more about our great sponsors at Health Excellence Select. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I purchased my own health insurance. So personally, I was hit by some serious sticker shock after the implementation of Obamacare. My deductible more than doubled, my premium shot through the roof, and I'm just sitting here thinking, what am I actually getting for this? I'm a healthy guy, I don't go to the doctor, I really hadn't even been to a doctor for any major medical problem in years and years and years, so why would I spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month and then have to spend six or $8,000 in deductibles before I even see a dime of coverage for my healthcare? It just didn't add up, and it doesn't add up, it doesn't add up for most of us. But luckily, there is an alternative out there now. It's an alternative known as health sharing. And health sharing is simply awesome. (laughs) I've gotten paid for every single medical bill I've submitted in full, 100%. This is not a joke. After I spend $500, I get everything else back. And our friends at Health Excellence Select have kicked it up a notch. They'll do all the work for you. They will find your doctors. They will set appointments for you. They'll provide you 24-7 access to doctors via Skype, so you don't even need to go to a doctor or pay a dime half the time. Health Excellence Select is truly revolutionary, and you guys are doing yourselves a disservice if you do not look into this amazing alternative to your standard, corporatized Obamacare health insurance. You can learn more by heading over to lionsofliberty.com health, or if you're ready to sign up, you can directly call my representative, Jeff Cantor, at 440-283-6849. Tell him Mark from Lions of Liberty sent you. There was a recent debate in Las Vegas hosted by Penn Jillette, which is airing on The Blaze. And uh, one question that you were asked, I found really interesting because it's really right in your wheelhouse when you were asked about national security. And I was sure you were going to bring up cybersecurity, but instead you merely answered laziness. So can you explain why you gave that answer and what exactly you meant by that?
1: Because they gave me five seconds to answer. I can't possibly explain cybersecurity in five seconds. But everybody understands that it is laziness of each and every one of us that has put us here. You are sitting in a chair on a radio show. You could just as easily be naked walking in the street with a sign that's doing something. We're lazy. We have these cell phones that remember everything, our calendars, the phone numbers of random people. We have become lazy. So, yes, that was the best I could do in five seconds. And if you think laziness is not a serious problem and is not part of the cause of the chaos that we are in, then look in the mirror.
0: All right, John. Well, I've got a couple more questions from you that come from listeners of this program, uh, members of our private Facebook group, the Lions of Liberty Forum. They've put out a couple questions for you that I want to give you. I'll give you more than five seconds to answer them before we end the show here. But, uh, first one comes from Adam Choit, and he wants to know if you do not become the Libertarian Party's nominee for president, will you do things to remain politically active and to continue to promote the cause of liberty beyond this election? You have kind of addressed that a little bit, but would you like to expound on what you would do if you do not receive the nomination of the Libertarian Party?
1: I do not receive the nomination, I will fully back my own Vote Different initiative. You can link to that page on BeALibertarian.com, and you will see the things that we are doing. I will fully back this. I will fully back this movement. How can I not back what I am? And how can I not help those who see the world and believe the same concepts that I do? So, of course, I'm going to stay.
0: John, as you know, uh, Bernie Sanders has gained a lot of traction uh, in this election cycle and at least inspired a lot of people. And one of the things that he has pounded on is this issue of higher education. He obviously has one take on the issue that the government should just supply it for everybody. But John Odermatt wants to know what your plan is for, quote, fixing higher education without, you know, a catastrophic bursting of this higher education bubble.
1: First of all, I think in America, higher education is an oxymoron. We are near the bottom of the barrel when it comes to education. So to call it higher is an exaggeration. Number two, the Department of Education, which is sucking up just under $100 billion a year, had a charter to set standards. Two people who are smart and sitting alone in a room could do that. But here is the issue with education in America. This standardization is madness. If I am a corn farmer in Kansas, and I want to learn my father's business, then what I need to learn is radically different than the son of a stockbroker in lower Manhattan who wants to be a stockbroker. Please, people, see the madness. Of our approach to education. No wonder we are at the bottom of the barrel, because if we want to satisfy everybody with commonality, then the stockbroker's son is going to wonder why he had to spend a year learning how to fertilize a wheat field. Please.
0: This last question comes from Howie Snowden, and he says that the goal of a lot of libertarians is to nominate someone who can get of the vote or 15% of the vote to get into debates. 5% of the vote, which will help libertarians get equal ballot access and some funding. So what makes you think that you have the best chance of achieving this over someone who is a former governor, such as Gary Johnson?
1: Do you think being a former governor is an advantage in this year? Look at Donald Trump. Good God, we don't want politicians in government this year. Talk to the American people. But that's beside the question. If our goal is to get 5% and 10% and 15%, give up. Because small steps toward a goal, if you are trying to revolutionize a society or a government, do one thing. Through small compromises here and there, you become dissolved into that thing you are trying to revolt against. Hell no. Revolution comes suddenly, overnight, from unanticipated quarters. So please, please. And when you said so we can get government money, good God almighty. Are we socialists now?
0: That's one that makes my eyes roll every time I hear it, to be honest. I mean, I mean, we have libertarians worrying about getting government money, really. Getting funding, please see
1: the nonsense and absurdity and how laughable it is to people on the outside that we are trying to give a message to. Please stop this nonsense people matching funds for a libertarian. Good God, it makes me want to fall over.
0: Well, John, We got to go pretty soon here, but I want to give you one final pitch. Uh, I've had you on the show a couple times. I know you're guarding a lot of attention for the libertarian movement. Whether or not that attention turns into an actual nomination remains to be seen, but we will know pretty soon. So I want to give you an opportunity right now. I know there are a lot of delegates that listen to this program. A lot of people that are going to be making those decisions in Orlando could be hearing this right now. So what do you say to them? What is your final pitch for why when they're in Orlando, they should go up and select John McAfee as their party's nominee?
1: You will see the final pitch at the convention, and I will predict this. I have never lost anything of any importance in my life. I will win this nomination by the widest margin of any prior candidate. This is just a prediction, and you can laugh at me, and you can come saying, where's my money just before the vote? But wait and see, please. I know what I am doing here,
0: Well, John McAfee, we will find out very soon. And I think that no matter what, there is no doubt that if nothing else, you are certainly taking a much different take on politics, a much different approach to this election and to just political speech overall. And I think no matter what happens in Orlando, there's a massive value in that. So I want to thank you for what you're doing here. And I want to wish you the best of luck.
1: Thank you, sir.
0: All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed my discussion with John McAfee, potentially The Libertarian Party's nominee for president, you'll know in just a few days or if you're hearing this late, if you're hearing this episode a week late, you might already know whether he is or not. But regardless of your position on John McAfee and his qualifications to be the Libertarian Party's nominee, I think it's safe to say that he he brings a unique flavor to this libertarian race and he really comes across, at least to me, as genuine and as – Dare I say a lion uh, when he comes to the way that he speaks about the issues that he's passionate about? So, really, I hope you enjoyed me having him back on. I wanted to give him a chance to come back on and to address some questions that many libertarians, including fans of the show, through our private Facebook group, the Lions of Liberty Forum, had for John McAfee today. And if you want to know how you can get your question to the future guest, Through that group, you just search Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook. That's the easiest way to find it. We also link to it in the show notes for the show, which, of course, again, today can be found at lionsofliberty.com slash 213. If you enjoyed this interview, you enjoy the kind of programming I bring to you, compelling discussions with people like John McAfee, roundtables with other members of the Lions of Liberty team, with special guests like Avinz O'Brien, who is on the show on Monday, if you love what we do here. I ask you to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher Radio, however you listen to the show, and then please go ahead and give us a five-star rating and a great review on those platforms because that stuff really helps us spread the message and get more people listening to this program, more people discussing the ideas of liberty, which is, of course, our goal here at Lions of Liberty to advance this conversation and advance these ideas. Don't forget, of course, if you are a subscriber to Lions of Liberty, this coming Friday, you'll be listening to another edition of John Odermatt's weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. And then next week, I've got another great lineup for you. We've got comedian and libertarian Dave Smith on the show this coming Monday, a guy a lot of people have requested I talk to, so I reached out to Dave, and we had a, a great conversation, including some talk about the Libertarian candidates, which and we're going to know who that is by that time. And then, uh, speaking of which, on Wednesday, John Odermatt is going to be hosting a roundtable, which hopefully will be joined by uh, Johnny Adams, and, and perhaps Heather Nixon as well, from the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, who are going to be there at the Libertarian Party convention in Orlando to give us a little report from the ground, from the actual events of the day. So, So a very exciting week ahead for liberty-minded folks, and I'm thrilled to have you guys along for the ride. Until next time, gang, live long and live free.